America, Washington, D.C., signing on. When the Santa's It is 2100 Eastern Time. You know what that means. Of course, it is Thursday night, and it is time to get down in here in the virtual Green Dragon Tavern here in the Gorilla Camp, located deep in the heart of rural northern North Carolina. I, of course, am your guide in thought crime, the mouth of the South himself, NC Scout, and, of course, the best-selling author, of the Gorilla's Guide to the Bow Thing Radio. It's very good to be with you on this Thursday evening as I am waiting on my esteemed co-host to enter into the live chat and then, of course, here in the green room. But uh, anyway, 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 a little bit of news from the front before we jump into this brush beater diet store surpassing all expectations uh it has been a wild ride man watching this thing grow you know our thing right our thing grow from you know selling field manuals selling my own my own in-house version of the book the field version of the book um to what it has become and uh you know i'm i'm really proud to say that uh night vision's on the way thermal is on the way we've got optics that will be here soon very very soon and uh i'm really really excited about that not saying what brand yet not gonna say what brand uh you have not heard me mention this brand but we've been working out a partnership and a dealer agreement and i'm very very excited about this of course this will be a familiar name um to a lot of you out there especially folks living out west and um you're going to be getting a hell of a lot of scope for the money for the optics that i'm going to be offering and uh one of them one of them is a closed emitter holographic red dot site that they are bringing to market and that's going to be out uh, a little bit later this year so the initial offerings that we're going to be bringing to the table are uh you know it it's that it's not that that not not yet uh so we're going to have a fixed four power that is coming to the market we've got the closed emitter holographic site we've got a uh, mini red dot 
which I got to T&E out in Wyoming. And uh, man, I was I was sold on it immediately. And of course, we have uh, a one to six as well, a low power variable optic with some interesting features that I think are uh, really, really going to set it apart from a lot of other low power variable optics. Uh, one of them being the fact that it is in minutes of angle. Uh, a lot of shooters out there, I've trained a lot of shooters in class. And what I have noticed in transitioning from, you know, military marksmanship model to kind of a civilian one and, you know, s somewhere in between is that a lot of you out there prefer to shoot in minutes of angle or MOAs rather than mills. You like that better and you like that method of adjustment better. Um, you know, I come from understanding mills and 10th of a mill and, you know, that that's how we range fine. But uh, for a lot of folks out there, if you've never had a formal introduction to mills and really done it on a regular basis, for a lot of people, MOAs make more sense um you know on the civilian side of things and since that's primarily who you know we cater to and who we're training you the american patriot um you know I, i'm really really excited about this optic i think it's going to resonate with a lot of you out there and of course there's a one to six which is um the preferred lpvo for a lot of reasons a heck of a lot of reasons um Really, the biggest one is light gathering and your field of view at maximum magnification. And so uh, for its price point and for its build quality and the feedback that uh, I have after having some hands on with it, um, <clears throat> I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited. And so this this is going to be this is going to be a heck of a lot of fun. It is the first of two optics companies that I am working with. Uh, that I have the opportunity to work with. And and I want to say, um, you know, I, I need to always give kudos to uh, this community. <clears throat> none of this, none of this would have been possible had your support for the podcast, had your support for AmericanPartisan.org, had your support for the Gorilla's Guide to the Balfang Radio and the Gorilla Dispatch Volumes 1 and 2 had had you wonderful, magnificent, incredible people out there, if this community wasn't so awesome as it is, none of this stuff would be possible. None of it. Uh, because all of this takes money. It's it's expensive and you got to be kind of business savvy to make sure that you can do all this. And your support of the books, your support of that has been the difference maker in all of this. Um, you know, you made all of this possible. You made this company be able to operate with a zero debt model. Uh, we have absolutely no debt whatsoever. I don't have any debt. So everything that we make, everything that goes into all the products, I am turning around and putting that money back into more things that I can offer to this community. Uh, because that's, you know, for all of the complaining that people do, you know, about the left. 
and this, you know, these comments might be get me in a little bit of hot water with some of the passerbys, but the, you know, the longtime listeners kind of know where I'm coming from on this. For all of the the complaining we do about the left, right? Conservatives, libertarians, right wing, uh, the, this space that we exist in, for all the complaining that we do, we're not really seeing the forest for the trees. It, it's all about parallel economies and creating parallel economies. And for all of the complaining that people do about Amazon, for example, and, and they're valid criticisms, okay, uh, corporatocracy, so on and so forth. This is a prime example that the success of Store is a prime example of this community supporting its own. This is a parallel economy. This is a parallel economy that we've created. This is a whole market. This, this is, this, this, and this is something that is not easily replicatable. You know, I look around and, and there's a lot of imitations out there. There are a lot of people who see the success that's going on and they think that they can replicate that, not emulate it, not seek to partner with it, but actually just emulate it and try and rip it off. And, you know, you watch this and, and you know, you learn a few things from running a business, you know, and, and fortunately I was able to grow up in that environment where I watched how to actually run a business and manage a payroll and, you know, how to manage your employees and how to, uh, you know, get things to where they, they are, are profitable enough to make them you know, to get them to market so that you can get to that next plateau so that you can offer new products so you can afford to offer new products. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, but the biggest thing about all that is the biggest thing about all that is the biggest takeaway from it all is that without a strong clientele, it doesn't matter. You know, none of that matters. None of it matters without a, a great base of support none of it matters. And so that's why this podcast is, is so important. And I want to be able to give that message back to you. Um, so, you know, brushbeater.store, absolutely surpassing every, uh, every expectation. And, and that's really just, man, it, it's, it's mind blowing. Uh, so, this weekend, uh, starting at midnight, so as soon as this podcast is off the air and I get it uploaded, we're going to be putting some things on sale uh, because Labor Day, you know, we we like to, uh, you know, have have sales going into the fall, Labor Day and everything. There's a couple of things that are on the store that are on sale right now. One of them is the Baofeng DMR6X2, which is a great radio. Uh, great radio. I did a, a write-up about it earlier this week in comparison to the DMF8. Um, you can read that, of course, over at brushbeater.store slash blog, uh, AmericanPartisan.org. I posted it up over there, as well as brushbeater.org. Uh, so it's a fairly lengthy article. I go into uh, some of the pros and cons of, of both of those radios, which I think both of them are great for their their price point. Um, there is some drawbacks to the DMF eight. I mean, it, it's a great way to get into DMR for under a hundred dollars. Um, 
But with that said, there are a couple of trade-offs. Um, with the DMR6X2, you know, you're, you're uh, a little bit more than doubling the cost. Um, right now, I've got them on sale for uh, $199. So, you know, that's, I think that that is the best price that you're going to find them at um, anywhere on the internet. So, you know, hey, take me up on it. You know, that that sale is going on and there's going to be more items that get put on sale as well uh, throughout Labor Day. But, um, you know, you're, you're getting much more robust radio for double the price and you're getting a couple of more in, eh, let's say, enhanced capabilities. Uh, the encryption on it is significantly more robust. I dive into that in the article. Um, you know, you're talking uh, AES-128 versus AES-256. So, um, you know, you, you are getting something substantially more robust. But at the same time, the DMF-8 is, is a great little radio uh, for what it is. I think it's superb. Um, you know, it, it's, it's extremely simple to use. It is very user-friendly. What stood out to me immediately about those is that uh, somebody who is a native English speaker actually laid the radio out, like the the uh, user interface of the radio actually laid it out, which I cannot say for the Balfang uh, DMR6X2 slash Anytone878. Uh, those are a little convoluted. Uh, they, for all intents and purposes, those are the same radio. Uh, it's the same body. The user interface is slightly different. Um, the software is slightly different, but it's, it's the same radio. Batteries are interchangeable. It's the same, same radio. All right. Good build quality, by the way, very good build quality. But, um, the, the, those smaller DMF eights are, are good little radios, uh, good little radios. And they are very simple to operate. They're very simple to program by hand. Um, and you know, I, I really, really like it for just a, you know, something to put in your back pocket, uh, you know, sit it up on a tractor, whatever, uh, provides that, you know, comset capability that, that a lot of people are seeking these days. Um, you know, it, it, there you go. Yeah. If you were looking for DMR and there is some reasons why you might want to, uh, and I dive into that in the article, there you go. It's good stuff. Uh, so, you know, I have some other things on sale, and I have more products that are coming in. Things that have been out of stock are going to be coming back in stock, hopefully within the next week. Um, you know, but classes. So we're coming up on classes. We've got uh, the September RTO course, the compressed RTO course of Tennessee. That is uh, just around the corner. So it's weekend after next. I think there may be one slot left in that course. Uh, just one.
training courses and you will see everything over there. Now, earlier today, earlier today, I did a podcast with my very good friend Kay of Combat Studies Group about hardening your attack surface as it pertains to uh, your uh, uh, cell phone messaging devices, the messaging apps that are out there. Um, you know, that's, it, it, it's, you know, good podcast to listen to. There's a lot of junk information that's being passed off. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of guys out there. I, I try not to laugh at this. There's a lot of guys out there. Uh, I remember one that I saw uh, a couple of days ago that, you know, Oh, I, you know, uh, I think that they might be going to kill me because I advocate using night vision in Linux. Like, dude, you and every other motherfucker out there. I mean, come on, you know, come on. It, it, it really, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it, a little self-important, are we? Uh, folks, these, these types of people, I've been dealing with these types of people literally before I was writing my blog. I, I started out writing for a guy who was like that, uh, prima donna ish statements like that. Never do anything for the community, never do anything to make any sort of impact. But they say stupid shit like that to try and, and get attention. Well, those people were also chock full of really bad information uh, that, that's not really based on anything. You know, like, use Signal because Signal's encrypted. Okay, quantify that, you know? And and so, here's the other thing. Like, and, and this is an important point. If, and, and I'm speaking to all of you out there in the, let's say, the professional software end of things. If your life, your literal life and the lives of, of your teammates around you has never had to depend on that thing that you are advocating to use, then shut the fuck up. Okay. You, if you don't know, so you can sit there and you can throw at me, you know, Oh, well, blah, blah, blah. This has been independently. Well, all right. Again, these are qualitative statements, not quantitative ones. All right. So either you can break it down and explain why, and then maybe I'll listen to your opinion if if your opinion is even quantifiable in, yes, I my life depended on this. Because if it's not, and I'm sorry for the vast majority of these people commenting on these things online, it's not. Okay. They they've never they they have never even approached a situation like that where where that knowledge kept them alive okay we are approaching a time like that and i'm going to be talking about that tonight okay we are approaching a time like that you better be ready for that right it it it's no if ands or buts okay you better be ready for this and so i would pay attention to me because as some of you in the chat and, and I know several of you who have listened to this podcast and will listen to it know that have hung out with me after hours after class. I can show you pictures of exploitation. 
I can show you data on sensitive site exploitation that I did. Okay, I did it. Me, I did it. Okay, with my team that I was a part of. All right. Targets that we interdicted. You spin that how you will. You do understand that that is you now, right? If you don't understand that that is you, I got news for you. I got news for you. We're going to be diving into some stuff tonight. It's here, folks. It is here. So in understanding that and in recognizing that that the threat is there, you need to listen to that podcast. You need to go back and listen to what Kay has to say because he is a man who knows because he lived this. He had to do this to keep him and his team alive. Okay? His point of view is critically important. It is critically important. His meticulousness by which he studies these things is not something that you should dismiss. And he understands the implementation of these tools on the tradecraft end of things. We talk about that in that podcast. Now, that podcast got close to 600 downloads in the first couple hours. I put it up, um, you know, right as soon as we got done recording. So it was right around 6 Eastern Standard Time. And so a lot of you are taking it seriously. A lot of you out there are taking that seriously. And you need to. Okay, you need to. Why? Because for the slow learners out there, for the, the goon squad out there, you know, that's riding the short bus, So we know in the past week that Tucker Carlson's uh, session, or not session, sorry, signal got hacked, right? One way or the other, details are sketchy at best, right? We've got one source. But as I disclosed on the last podcast, I had invites. I had people trying to get into mine right? Ukrainian numbers, two Ukrainian numbers and one Russian one. How'd they get into Signal? <laughs> because you can see who's on Signal, okay? It, it's it's a thing. So when you say, like, when when, when the guys out there uh, who, who are naysayers will sit and say, oh, well, you know, it's been independently audited. Yeah, in 2014, nine years ago. What's state of the art? Yeah, a decade ago. A decade ago it was. We've learned a thing or two. I mean, you know, you don't think that technology, especially IT technology, evolves in a decade's time? I mean, come on. You know, this is... (laughs) Folks, you have got to start taking this more seriously. You know, people have got to start taking this more seriously. Tucker Carlson, you know, he, he... They got him. They were surveilling him. And I would not be so surprised, by the way. I would not be so surprised to know. And and we'll we'll never know this uh, for sure. But as being someone who is specifically trained in special reconnaissance and surveillance, physical surveillance techniques, um, I would say that that quote-unquote leak 
right? The whistleblower who, who contacted him, the insider who contacted him from the, the NSA, no such agency, the agency, which by the way, has, has the broadest of jurisdictional powers of all of the federal agencies. Um, it, it monitors everything internally, externally. It has that ability. Um, so I would not be so surprised to learn that they let him know that on purpose to try and derail his effort. I wouldn't be so shocked. Uh, I would not be so shocked. It's certainly within the realm of possibilities, but it's important to start a conversation. There are better options. Okay, Signal, because it is taking your phone number. And by the way, stop giving people your doggone phone number. Stop. Stop doing it. Okay, that is, there's so much data attached to your phone number, all right, about you that you're probably not even aware of. All right, so stop doing that. That's that's really, really not a good idea. That is not a good practice. Uh, but again, you know, these messaging apps, clandestine messaging apps, um, I go into that pretty deep. The, of course, the podcast goes into it in great detail, uh, but it's nothing compared to what you're going to get in class where, you know, you've got the man standing in front of you. So you got to get out and train. You know, you got to get out and train in a structured environment by people who know what the fuck they're doing. All right. That, that's a big, 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 big part of it. Because uh, there's a lot of people these days, it's, it's cool to call yourself a trainer and you, you don't know shit. Um, you know, but anyway, I digress. I digress. Um, anyway, anyway, tonight's episode is the Lawfare Edition. Uh, we're going to be diving into the. Um, Proud Boys case. I, I really want to get into this one uh, because this is one that is going to affect all of us. All right. This is one that is 100% going to affect every single one of us. You can sit back and say, well, you know, I, I don't really care for that organization. I don't really care for some of the public faces that were there. I don't really care about, you know, any of this stuff. Well, you know, that's fine. First, first, they came for the Jews. I said nothing. Then they came for the gypsies. I said nothing. Then they came for the Christians. And finally, there was nobody to come for me, right? There's nobody to do anything when they came for me. That is the situation that you are in. You know, we're all concerned. We're all uh, people of faith, hopefully. And if not, that's fine. You'll get there. And we're people who, if you're listening to this podcast, you're people that deep down love the nation of your home, the nation of your birth. 
but it is quickly becoming a totalitarian hellhole. Rapidly. This case, this case, uh, so Joe Biggs, uh, Joe Biggs, who, you know, we know if the name is familiar, he uh, was a former host on InfoWars, uh, a co-host to Alex Jones. He had his own show over there for a little while, uh, split off. Went over to OAN, I think, if memory serves me correct. Um, had some work that he had done with Jack Posobiec and uh, became very active in the uh, street scene wherever there was uh, protests. He was counter-protesting. Um, you know, he was an 82nd Airborne uh, squad leader. His staffs aren't, to my knowledge, uh, he was an 11 Bravo uh, I have a friend of mine who knew him, um, but I've never met the guy. I've never interacted with him. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but anyway, today, this is, of course, coming from Matt Walsh. Proud boy Joe Biggs received 17 years in January 6th seditious conspiracy case. Big served as an instigator and leader during the Capitol attack, prosecutors said. Zachary Reel, another Proud Boy convicted of seditious conspiracy, was sentenced to 15 years. Uh, the article goes on. U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly handed down Biggs' sentence. He ruled earlier in Thursday's hearing that Biggs is tearing down of a fence stood between police and rioters qualified him for terrorism sentencing enhancement sought by prosecutors. Destroying the fence was a deliberate and meaningful step that contributed to the disruption of the electoral count vote occurring in the Capitol, Kelly said. All right. Um, so this, of course, is juxtaposed to other protests. Let's take a look at uh, other protests that have occurred uh, instigated by the left-wing terrorists. Man sentenced to four years for Minneapolis police station fire. The man must also pay $12 million in restitution for his role in lighting the third precinct headquarters on fire during the unrest after George Floyd's death. St. Floyd of fentanyl. Of course. Uh, and of course, Matt Walsh's commentary here, a man just got 17 years in prison for tearing down a fence on January 6th. Meanwhile, a guy responsible for burning down an entire police station to the ground during the BLM riots only got four years. No sane person thinks that this is justice. I concur in full. I concur in full. Folks, you know, it doesn't matter how you look at this, okay, from whatever angle. You know, the justice system has been weaponized against you, period. You. This was a show trial. And this was actually the kind of show trial. This was the kind of show trial that happens behind closed doors 
They may as well try you in absentia because you have no competent defense against this, especially in a federal case. You know, no competent defense. You can't afford it. You're not going to be able to afford it. This is the way they've stilted the system, right? And they hand down a punishment because that was already cast for you. Already. Already. There is no defense against this. And it is there is no coherency against this. There is no fairness. There is no equity, I guess, would be the technical term for it. There would be absolutely no equity in a type of system like this. 17 years. 17 years. How many indictments do, do we have against Donald Trump? Now, I've got my problems with him. Right? He hasn't lifted a finger to help anyone that has that that went to January 6th, right? We he hasn't said anything about the January 6th political prisoners because that's exactly what they are. He can complain about the FBI all he wants. He didn't do a damn thing. He did not do a damn thing to curtail their power. And he put a political hack by the name of Christopher Ray in charge. Look how well that worked out. Now, I'm not bashing Trump, and I'm not, I don't want to make this about Trump. Because I do think, I do think, on the other hand, that he is the best chance that we have at bringing this country back. And I don't mean by him getting elected. They're not going to allow him to get elected. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And if they can't drag Biden across the finish line, they're going to get somebody else. Period. Period. End of story. Uh, so with that said, you know, we, we see exactly what this is for what it is. If you can't see what this is, you're blinder than Ray Charles. 17 years for offense, for offense. We have political prisoners, representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Shared the photos. They're on Twitter. They're on AmericanPartisan.org. You can look them up. It's the conditions they're living in. I happen to remember a place called Abu Ghraib where similar photos were taken and sparked riots. The Iraqis, for all their failings, weren't going to take that shit laying down. You know, we're getting into a very dangerous conversation here. You know, the, these these people, these people in, in the positions of power, they have their hands around your throat. They are strangling you. It is the most abusive form of government there is. They've squelched the First Amendment, squelched it right away. We have people on Twitter. Of course, there's a, there's a shooting. It's very unfortunate. Three people were shot. Jacksonville, Florida, before the you know the hurricane washed everything away in Florida. Apparently, uh, prayers to y'all down there because it did tear up a lot of stuff. I've been talking to some people down there. Um, you know, John Ammons is uh, you know then he lives down there. Of course, uh, a lot of other guys uh, in the Jacksonville area, but um, you know they they got hit pretty good, smacked by pretty good by that one. It's going to take a little while to clean it up. But a guy shoots the place up, and all of a sudden, all these people have opinions, 
right? All of a sudden, you know, the lefties pile on, right? This is what they do. This is what they do. And and they give blank check to people to, to slander, to libel, to say all sorts of, of, of awful things. There was an executive, Ryan Busey, right? Busey from Kimber. And if you're shooting a Kimber, if that's, that's what you do, I'm going to clear my Kimber. Yeah. I, I can't say with any, uh, honesty, if I know any, not a single person that owns a Kimber these days, uh, this idiot was the one of the executives i think he may have been the ceo for kimber at one point in time when they were at the height of their shittiness uh way overpriced appeared in all the nra magazines fuds loved it gums a piece of shit right you're better off getting a, a 400 rock island and shoot it all day like great great 1911 if you want a 1911 that's the one to get right um, you know, I, and, and I've got high end 1911s, but if you want one just as a, a range toy to shoot a reliable handgun, really a lot of fun, uh, to learn the platform and, and tinker with rock Island. Yeah. But anyway, um, I digress. This guy, this guy literally labeled all of us, all of us. So, oh, well, it was a Palmetto state gun. What do you expect from people who, who market their weapons to, uh, the boogaloos? right domestic terrorists i don't know what the fuck a boogaloo is i haven't even i i've i have not met one person who's like yeah man i'm boogaloo you know it's it, it's an online joke nothing more nothing less there's a lot of serious people that see that shit though and we don't like it you know what i thought was really funny what i thought was really really funny about that was I had a bunch of lawyers jump into that when I pointed this out, that slander is a thing, libel is a thing, right? And of course, they're all liberals. All, all, every one of these lawyers that jumped into this were liberals. One of them was a real piece of shit, uh, said he in, in his bio, he was a former uh, conservative commentator who who... Uh, saw the light when when uh, Republicans lost their mind. Yeah, fuck you, motherfucker. Fuck no. Um, you know, you, you're what you were was a, a shithead in disguise, and you got exposed. You and your two thousand people. And I don't give a damn. You graduated from Loyola number one in your class, and you you know you you're the you you're the second coming of Thomas Aquinas. I don't care. You know you you no. Uh, to that other shithead from Texas, a business lawyer that doesn't run a business and is not practicing law. I don't give a damn about you either. Uh, but the one, the one that jumped in there that really, really, man, she was a piece of work. This is why you have to be real careful who you talk to online. Because sometimes people play real dumb and just let you do all the talking. And if you tell people how smart you are, well, they might just call your bluff. Yeah, Julie. Mm-hmm. Claim you've been practicing law for 12 years. No, 
Uh, turns out you did you did happen to graduate from NC Central's School of Law. You did. You do have a JD. That is correct. Uh, you also promptly filed for bankruptcy in the federal district court of the Eastern District of North Carolina and was denied because you were trying to get out of paying your student loans. I'll bet you $107,231 that you have never practiced law. That's an awful specific number. And you work for North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. Do not ever fuck with people online. And I bet that they're going to be really interested to find out that you were threatening people via Twitter. I bet they're going to be real interested in seeing that when it is shared with a few people who are in positions of authority. If you want to run around telling people how fucking smart you are, you got to learn how to play the game. Now, I tell you all that to tell you this. You got to learn how to fight dirty, folks. They're going to come after you. They're going to come at you hard. They're going to come at you with everything that they have. And they're going to get worse and worse and worse. These liberals are emboldened by this stuff. They think that they know every damn thing. They think that they have you, right? They think that they have you. They don't have shit. And you have to fight this smart. So what you do is you find out where they work. You find out what they do. You find out their patterns of life. They want to surveil you. That's fine. They want to threaten you online. That's fine. That's fine. They're going to do this. And you need to start hardening yourself. You need to start getting yourself in every single way. All right. So go out there, work out. All right, physically hardening yourself. You need to be training. You need to be doubling down on that. You need to be understanding what your attack surface is. All right, you know, I talk about avenues of approach. How are people going to come at you? How are they going to come at you? Figure it out. The messaging apps are critically important. And I'm telling you right now, if your only answer is, well, I'll just use Signal. I'm sorry, you're wrong. All right, period. End of story. There is no debate because I'm going to tell you, just like I told you earlier in the podcast, your life now depends on it. Your life now depends on it. And I'm going to tell you something. This decision in D.C., this is just building a case. It is building it up and up and up and up and up. Further and further and further. Understand this, folks. You you have to understand. There is a segment, unfortunately, of this country that is very much at war with you. You don't know it, and maybe it isn't at your doorstep yet, but I promise you it will be. And as we get into 2024, it is only going to get worse. Because you ain't seen shit yet, but you're fixing to. Anyway, now that I've been talking for 42 minutes... The man, the myth, the legend. That's a, a hot intro. Now that I've got the good, the crowd good and warmed up, the author of the best-selling tactical wisdom series with the uh, 
Tactical Wisdom Volume 5 fixing to drop. And a guy who I have it on good authority will be in Tennessee in just a couple weeks. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Joe Dolio. Show up late and I hear you say you're blinder than Ray Charles. Mom. That's right. <laughs> I knew it was going to be good. Uh, yeah, we are uh, pumping out five, uh, doing some editing and reworks of some stuff, kind of moving stuff around, making a making some final decisions. That's going to happen. Uh, there is a pretty good, uh, pretty serious rumor about me being in Tennessee in a few days. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's likely. But I'm going to let you know I'm even more fired up after your speech because I just am coming from Equalizer 3, and that was legit. So Your volume is a little low. I know. I'm on my way home. So when I get home, I'll swap over to my... Uh, oh, uh, sweet. Right on, man. Yeah, Equalizer 3, there... I'm going to be honest. There's not a lot of films that I give a shit about. Um, the Expendables, they got, you know, Expendables 4... Six and come out. I have zero interest in seeing it. Loved the first one. The second one was eh, it was okay. Um, the third one was pretty cool. Yeah, I loved seeing Mel Gibson in it. That that was cool. Um, this fourth one looks like shit. It just it just looks like shit. I I, I mean, yeah. But equal the Equalizer. The Equalizer, I really, really enjoyed both of those films. I thought that they were they were really well done. Uh, Denzel Washington just absolutely crushes the the role. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I really want to see it. the first two films were great. Uh, I, you know, and and uh, uh, this is good. This might be a surprise to some folks out there. Um, one of my favorite contemporary films is actually Safe House. It was a film that he did oh, yeah. with Ryan That's a Reynolds. fantastic film. Film yeah. in Johannesburg. Yeah. 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 That was, uh, man, it was, that was a great movie because there, there was some real stuff in that movie. Like they, there were, you know, like there was a little bit of artistic license going on. But when I was watching that, I was like, oh shit, that's, yeah. That actually, you know, there was some real stuff in in that that movie. And, and our our boy uh, Reaper confirms that that's exactly what Longa Township looks like. All those tin houses. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it it was. Uh, yeah, I, I really really enjoyed that movie. And so when the Equalizer came out, um, you know, because I I was too small when the the TV show was on, so I had you know I I didn't know. What it was, but man, the Equalizer came out. Oh, what? Dude, this movie fucking rocks, man. They, they, you know, this is one thing about Denzel Washington is he gets the facial expressions down. That I don't know if I can explain this in in a, a the right way, but man, he gets the facial expressions down of like. Somebody who is is going through the trauma of violence, like so, you're you're committing violence. You're going through that tr the trauma of violence, right? And uh, it, it's 
I don't really know how to explain it, man. But but when you've seen that look, yeah, on other people's faces, and you see that you're like, man, that yes, like that's it. He's you definitely know? a method actor, and he nails it. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but this movie was phenomenal. So I would definitely check oh, it out, man. Dude, I can't wait. I can't wait because the, the so the the newest Bond movie was a big letdown. I you know. It was, it was, it was a giant letdown, man. I don't you know, know if you, and, if you heard it the other day, but we read an excerpt from the new James Bond book, and in it, the bad guy is Victor Orban because he was a friend of <laughs> Donald Trump. It's just this is nonsense now, James Bond. It's gone. What's? Well, it's like the uh, Steve Pachenik. Steve Pachenik, you know talking head mouthpiece it was on alex jones you know leading up to january 6th he was on alex jones every single fucking day you know oh oh yeah you know like there's the the server in prague and there was a shootout and blah 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 and this he was the guy that was peddling all that bullshit and then he's putting a book out there i got pictures of that book man i don't remember what it was called because it was like a year ago that it came out um and that that book, by the way, when I was talking about it, I think I was talking about it on on the podcast. Well, I had to have been because it went up on YouTube and YouTube flagged it for uh, disinformation. And so it was dis it was campaign dis uh, election disinformation is what it was. I'm like, I wasn't even fucking talking about the election, like it's sudden, which I don't really care, and that's why I'm not putting anything up on YouTube. I thought my account got banned. I haven't even looked at YouTube and God, I don't I don't even know how long. Uh, I quit putting the videos up there. I don't give a shit. Uh, this podcast from this week auto- when that guy asked you if that was your account and you said no, and then you were like, "Oh wait!" And I looked it is. up. I had to look it up because I was like, "I don't know, man," because I don't even remember what my account said on it. So, because it was just auto populating the podcast over there. So I went over there and looked. And I was like, "Oh shit, that is mine." Oh yeah, I, I, actually, yeah, yeah, that's that's cool, man. Um, I thought I got banned. Like they they put two strikes on the channel, and I was like, oh well, you know, they'll probably put another one on there, and whatever. Like I I don't care, whatever. Um, I'll just you know, I'll just build a new account on there through Tor, and it you know, it spoof the MAC address. It's different person to, to the machine they don't know um yeah because that, that's how you do it by the way if if in case you get banned from any of the social media platforms and we probably all will uh soon even even on x because it happens uh just spoof your mac address like you know we all know how to get into tour and i hope you know how to configure a router um to get a new address but you can also spoof the mac address and so look into that. That that's how you get around uh, bans. By the way, that you can you know you just create a new new identity online. That that's how you do it. They're actually looking at MAC addresses. IP addresses are one thing. That's kind of the first avenue of approach. MAC addresses. If they think somebody is is evading a ban, they'll they'll look for the MAC address, and and that's what they're looking for. Uh, but anyway, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't I'm not really into the whole YouTube thing. Like I'm going to start making videos. I, I know I've been saying that for a while now and it's just like, man, dude, like there's more, 
during the day, I only have so much time on my hands and there's more productive uses of my time. But I really do need to make some videos because it's that's a that's a different medium that I think is is going to be very useful to the larger community because uh, there's a lot of shit about radios. There's you know, it, I mean, it's just like the book, man. Like there's there's hundreds of books on radio stuff. They're like there's there's so many books about the Balfang out there that were out there before I wrote mine whatever i mean it is what it is but uh you know it, it, that one for whatever reason resonates with a lot of people and uh, i think you know a video series on communications topics specifically would, would be one that, that would do so as well uh because people need it man um you know but uh talking about the equalizer though you know, those, those two, the first two Equalizer movies were really good. So I'm glad that this one, you know, if it gets the, the Joe Dolio seal of approval, then man, you know, I'm, I'm really excited uh, to see this because it's, I, I love the first two. Um, big fan of Denzel Washington. And, uh, you know, his, his acting is, is incredible. But the character, you know, the, 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 the characters in in those films are are extremely relatable they're you know people that that very similar to people i've known in my my you know in, in my day-to-day -day life and uh it's pretty cool man i think that's uh it's, it's so yeah i'm excited dude are you there Oh, I'm just trying Hello? to switch over from uh, one to the other. Oh, he's like fumbling around while I'm driving. All right, I'm back. Is that better? Oh, there you are. There you are. It's so much louder. Actually well, sound I had to get into the right one. So <laughs> I knew you would call for me right as I went to switch over from one to the other. But anywho, back at home, yeah. back in the home base and. Uh, it's a good movie, and I'm pretty excited about the uh, the class in Tennessee next week, meeting some more people and hanging out. Me too. Me too. Well, we have the the Professor Emeritus of Tactical Medicine in the house. The one, the only, Mr. Mechmedic. What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on? Just uh, fighting my way through an ear infection right now. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's it's uh it's it's rough. Ugh. I just have that on my right side, I just have that constant like tinnitus ring. Like when you like when you step into the hearing booth to go do your your hearing analysis and like you put the hear thing on and like you don't hear noise and you just get that ring. I just have that constantly right now. Mm. Dude. Oh, and pressure. Lots of pressure. Uh, oh, I hate <laughs> it, yeah. Man. Good times. Good times. No. It, <laughs> dude, it keeps you from sleeping, too. Yes. Like, yes. My sleep has been even more atrocious than, than normal. Oh. Uh, oh, man. That's 
Well, hell, other than that, how how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. You sound Just, like you uh, need some, some medicine. You sound like yeah. you need some, some 80 proof, 90 proof medicine. Well, I'm uh, currently on the clock right now, so. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this reminds me, I'm probably going to bring that uh, bourbon ready to drink bottle. Uh Next, I got one. All right, all right. I've got one. No, 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 I mean, bring it down. It's good. (laughs) Uh, I've got the rye. I've got the rye. So the the uh, the guy at that distillery, or that owns that distillery, him and his wife. I mean, he was a marine, and uh, pretty clever, man. Yeah, that's why I got it. I saw the the, there was a big billboard here, and it said "Core approved." And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have yeah. to have that. And, and she found it for me for my birthday. So pretty excited about it. Yeah. But when she gave it to me, she goes, you're going to drink. You she it? said, you're going to drink that with Matt, aren't you? I said, oh, I most certainly am. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, dude. Got a, I, dude, I, I got a, a couple of new boxes of cigars in today. Oh. So get some uh, some more. Why well, I, I was out of... Uh, Monte Cristo Nicaraguas. So I had uh, the number two, which is uh, a Pyramides or a uh, Torpedo, as they're known in the United States. Uh, Pyramides is is what they're known as outside the United States, or Bellicoso as well. But, um, you know, the the number two iconic cigar, I think the... This is my total 100% opinion. Um, You know, you're welcome to disagree. Uh, but I will say though, interestingly enough in, in the, uh, cigar, uh, aficionado end of, of Twitter, I put up a comment about Nicaraguan cigars, Nicaraguan tobacco in particular being superior to Cuban tobacco. And I figured I'd get a lot of hate for that. Uh, cause you, you see a lot of hate for that. Um, you know, there's, People, people have this mystique about Cuban tobacco that it is really so much better than it, it actually is. Um, you know, I guess it's, it's just that whole, you know, like, oh, you, you can't get it in the United States. You, I mean, you can, you just can't buy it off the shelf in the United States. You got to kind of go through, uh, you know, some shady places in Switzerland or wherever that'll send it to the U.S. But um you know, and then there's that whole question about authenticity and everything. But these these Monte Cristo Nicaraguan number twos, I think that that is a better cigar than the Cuban Monte Cristo number two. This is a personal opinion, and uh, I thought that that I was going to get a lot of hate for that, and I didn't. Uh, there, there was there was a lot of people that were like, "Yeah, man, Nicaraguan tobacco is great." And because, uh, I mean, it is it, it, that's it, there are more luxury cigars that are produced in Nicaragua than anywhere else in the world right now, uh, specifically in Esteli. And um, man, dude, you know, the, the the Monte Cristo, the black box Monte Cristo, the, the Nicaraguan series, that's the best of the Monte Cristos. And uh, that is it's not something I smoke every day, but it's it's normally two or three times a week. So, you know, I'm they, they're constant in the rotation, as is Curavari. And uh, I was really honored because Curavari shared my tweet when I said, you know, 
go go get a Curvari El Gran Rey, uh, the Prominente, which is their Churchill, and uh, go get one of those and smoke it. And you, you're going to absolutely love it. Like, that's going to knock your socks off. That is an incredible cigar. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily place it side by side with, say, a Partagas Lusitanius, but it is it is really damn close. And I love it because it is like it flies right under the radar, man. So like like hardly anybody knows about Curvari. And uh man, but they shared they shared that tweet and I was I was so excited. I was like, oh man, they're paying attention. That's awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to be bringing a, a smorgasbord of great cigars up to Tennessee, and we're going to have fun, man. We're, we are going to have a blast. Yes, we shall. It'll be a good time. It sounds like a plan is coming together. A plan is coming together. Yo, know, I, I mean... I love Cuban tobacco. You know, we're getting into the, the cigar conversation. I love Cuban tobacco. Love it. It's um, a, a close friend of mine. Close friend of mine uh, lives down in Florida, and and he knows who he is. Um, but I, you know, I'm not going to mention exactly who he is. But he told me something really neat about. Cuban tobacco that uh, I didn't know and, and what gives it its distinctive. So Cuban tobacco, when, when you're smoking a, a Cuban cigar, it's got a real grassy taste to it. Uh, all of them do. That That is a signature of Cuban tobacco, whether you're smoking a Cohiba or Monte Cristo or Partagas or Punch or uh, Bolivar or any, any of the traditional brands, uh, Hoya de Monterrey, any, any of them, right? Um, they have this, they're all different blends, obviously, but they ha- all have this grassy undertone to them. And he told me what that is, is it's lithium. They have a lot of lithium in the soil. Cuba is very mineral rich in lithium. And that was one of the reasons that the Soviets were after Cuba was mineral exploitation. And they continue to do that. Um, you know, Afghanistan as well, because they, they needed that lithium to be able to compete with us in the space race. Well, um, you know, we also know that the lithium is a mood stabilizer and that there are trace amounts of lithium that are in tobacco. In general, it just happens to be more in Cuban tobacco. And uh, that that's what gives it its distinctive taste. And I never knew that. Uh, never knew that. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, man. You know, like Cuban, Cuban tobacco, again, it's good. Um, Nicaraguan tobacco, I think, for cigars is the best in the world right now. And part of that's due to taste. Part of that is due to uh, just quality, overall quality. I know that if I get a box from Nicaragua of Nicaraguan tobacco, those cigars are going to be consistent across the board. I'm going to get one and it, it, it could be Monte Cristo. It could be Perdomo. It could be, uh, you know, Curavari, which, you know, I'm naming off some, you know, uh, uh, Padron, for example. I'm naming off some of the ones that, that I enjoy on a regular basis. You're going to get the same, the same flavor profile 
the same rolling consistency, you're going to get an overall very, very good quality cigar. Uh, whereas, you know, I, I've had some duds from Dominican Republic. Um, I've had a lot of duds from Cuba where, you know, they either they were rolled too tight or they were rolled too loose or there were plugs in it or, you know, just the, the binder and the wrapper separate, um, as, as it's burning, you'll get tunneling going on in there where, you, you know, you have an uneven burn that's burning too fast on one side. So, you know, it, it, just a, a lot of things, you know, a lot of things. And and then there's that whole question about authenticity when you're, you know, you're getting Cubans from shady corners of the internet. Um, you know, anyway, I digress. I, I could be talking about cigars all night because it, it is a uh, very fun hobby of mine. I truly enjoy the, you know, a good cigar. Of course, I'm uh, drinking some uh, Pilar rum tonight, which is, uh, comes from the great state of Florida and, uh, really, really enjoy that as well. You know, it's Ernest Hemingway's, uh, allegedly signature rum. There's capitalizing on his name, but it is good rum. It is good rum. And I'm sipping on that and it's, you know, good rum, good whiskey, good bourbon, great scotch, good cigars, great friends all around you. And, you know, you, you're in heaven. Like that's, that's just, and it's like I've told people, uh, you know, a cigar is an experience. It's the experience of the people around you and that time that you share with them. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's just a hell of a Hey, lot. Scott, I'll tell you, the, the first time I smoked a cigar, but you'll remember. Yep. August- I was getting ready to, getting ready to, to tell it. Yeah. You, you handed me a cigar and you said. Do you smoke cigars? And I said, nah, not really, you know. You know, when I was in college, I smoked some weed or whatever. And you're like, all right, well, were you fixing to, fixing to put some steaks on the grill? And we got some got some red wine here. And, and I want you to try this cigar because I think it's going to pair well with it. And, uh, and, and having a cigar, if you never had one before, is like an experience. It's something that it's not a quick thing. It's you're sitting there and you're enjoying it with friends and good food and good drink. Yep. And I was just like, yeah, fucking whatever. Just hand it to me. Like, whatever. Uh, and fucking A, did we not have red wine and steak we and did. sat at the edge of the garage? We did. And then that same conversation, how I got involved with AP, that whole conversation came from, hey, man, you want a cigar? Um, yeah. And it was an experience, and since then, for the past five years, has been it's by almost five years to the day, probably close to it. Yeah, yeah. it's been an experience. Yeah, it has actually. It has. Do you remember? Do you remember what the cigar was? Well, probably not new, but you've told no. me in years since then. And I am ashamed that I don't remember. I don't remember the initial time you told me. I should have remembered the next time you told me, but I do not remember. It was a part of gas number. Yes, eight. that's right. Maduro. Right. Yep. It's a uh, part of gas number eight. Unfortunately, uh, General Cigar, who owns the uh, American version of part of gas, um, they discontinued that line. And I don't know why they did that. I think it may be because um, 
they were anticipating back during the uh, late years of Obama, they were anticipating normalization of relations with Cuba. And ah, they, wanted, makes sense. they wanted to get ahead of in case all of a sudden the, the um, market was open to Cuban cigars coming into the States. And uh, they, they wanted to avoid any potential lawsuits. Whereas Monte Cristo, and I'll tell you the, the reason that Monte Cristo didn't change anything. They're different from Partagas and Bolivar and um, Hoyo de Monterrey and all, all of them. The, the reason that they didn't they didn't change anything was because they're actually owned by the same company. So Cuba, well, that makes sense. Know this. Yeah, Cuba Tobacco is the conglomerate that is the nationalized conglomerate was formerly nationalized. It was the conglomerate that owns and, and was responsible for all the, the growing and construction of Cuban cigars and the growing of tobacco and everything. Well, they were bought by a Scandinavian country. I want to say it was from Sweden. Uh, and that company also owns all of the, the American brands under Monte Cristo. And there's another one in the mix, too, uh, in there. And I forget which one it is. Oh, uh, Romeo. Romeo and Julieta. That was- oh, oh, I love those. I love those. Yeah, yeah they, so they, they, they're under uh, – Henry Clay is another one that's under it. So they, uh, they, didn't, they didn't change anything because they, they're owned by the same company. So they own both brands. It's like, okay, whatever. We don't need to change anything because who are we going to sue ourselves? You know, like it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it anyway, you know, cool stuff though. But I, but I remember it. That Partagas number eight, that was an incredible, an incredible cigar. And that was the one that I would always give to people if, if they said, you know, eh, I'm not really yeah. a cigar smoker or never really yeah. because it was nice and mild. It was a, it had a little bit more flavor than a Macanudo because Macanudo is a very, uh, relaxing cigar. Yes. Yeah. Not, good. not too heavy on the pull, not too heavy on the flavor. Just kind of like <laughs> you want to sit there. Yeah. 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 Macanudo yeah. to me is like a, like a golfing cigar. It's, you know, there's really not a whole lot to it. It's, it's fun. It's it's not. It's, it's certainly not bad. It's just there's not a whole lot going on. Um, yeah. You know, but the having that having that Maduro leaf, which I, I love the Maduro. Maduro leaves, by the way, come from the top of the tobacco plant, and um, you know they they're given more sunlight because uh, if if you're not familiar with tobacco growing and you know I'm from the, the heart of, of uh, tobacco country in, in the United States um, you know the, the, this is where tobacco was perfected uh, the process was perfected and, and shared you know all across tobacco growing regions in the world but um, you know you, you always when you're pulling tobacco because you have different breeds of tobacco plants for different things you're doing with it uh, but for cigars, you pull tobacco from the bottom of the plant up. So you've got the leaves, the, the, the broad leaves that grow off of it. And um, when tobacco plants bloom, you, it, you have a process called topping. Right? So you walk down the rows and you break those blooms off. And when you do that, the plant's going to grow this, this uh, giant 
It, yeah, the leaves are pretty good size already, but they, they're going to get huge and they begin to turn golden. And as they're turning golden, you go down the rows and you pull the bottom ring of leaves off and you work your way to the top weekly so that by the time you get to that top leaf, by the end of that week or, or the, the, the several weeks that you've, you've spent pulling the tobacco, by the time you get to the end, you have this, this incredible leaf at the top. That's how you get that Maduro leaf at, at the very top. Now, Cuban tobacco doesn't do this. Uh, they don't, that, that's not the process they use. And that's why you'll never see a Cuban cigar that is a Maduro. They, they don't do that. Um, everything is, is English market standard for them. And, and, and that's fine. You, you have a wonderful cigar, but, but a Maduro gives you this rich flavor, just, ah, man, it, it's, you know, I, I'm always going to go for a Maduro cause they're just very, very relaxing. Um, very nice, very, very easy smoking cigar. Um, usually it's a misconception out there. A lot of people think that there's more nicotine in a Maduro. There's not, uh, that that's a myth. In, in fact, I would say that in Maduro, there's probably actually less, um, so, you know, that, that's, that's not necessarily true. Um, but a Maduro has this complexity of flavors. It's just, man, it's really, really something. It, it's always, always great. And, and those old Partagas, uh, before they got rid of them, those old Partagas, man, they were good. Man, they were good. They, and, and I would always get those. Uh, I would always get those and I would get them just to share with people when they came to class. Because that's a, it's a good uh, uh, way to, to bring people into the, the wonderful brotherhood and sisterhood of the leaf. Yeah, and it, it's a great conversation starter. Away. A lot of times people come to class because, you know, in, in the early days of the class, people just kind of showed up and, you know... You know, we were Scout was riding, but you know, AP really wasn't there in the very beginning. It was just Brush Beater, and and then you know, we kind of AP was fledgling. We still had people showing up, but then, uh, and it, it's kind of a product of just when the legend of someone spreads. I feel like people kind of started coming to class like thinking they had to prove something and so scout you can attest to this when whenever we're in class and i'm there i'm like you guys don't have to prove you don't gotta drink a certain amount you don't gotta smoke a cigar like you don't gotta do anything just we want you to get the learning experience out of the class but in the beginning it felt like sometimes people were like well i've heard these stories so i have to be part of those stories and i think those cigars were one of the ways to take people and just kind of hey man come let's come have a cigar let's just talk and just kind of not calm them down but chill them out to be like hey man like this is really for us to be here and learn so whatever you want you don't want to drink don't drink you don't want to smoke don't smoke you know what i mean so i think that those cigars went a long way in easing the not concerns but easing the the hear this aura of the g camp I, I think it helped a lot to make them feel at ease that they were just kind of chilling they, they didn't have to prove themselves well you know yeah man it, exactly and I'll, I'll tell you something we we as a people like as a people you know united states in toes 
we don't have enough opportunities to do that in our day-to-day lives. We can just, people can just let their hair down and be them, man. Like we don't, we don't get that opportunity very often. And so when you find that opportunity, you value that, Um, you know, and, and, and it's, that's just really something that, um, and I value it. I value yeah, it because me too. that time that time that you're sharing with people, man, that time that you're, you know, you're breaking the bread, you're hanging out, you're getting to know these people, you're getting to know people who are who are there for a purpose, man. Yeah. Uh, it's a very yeah. special thing. I agree. And, and uh, we don't do that anymore though. And and that's one of those things that unfortunately social media digital mediums that, you know, all of the things, this podcast included, man, we're so isolated from one another. It's sad. Yeah. It's really sad. There was, um, there was something that somebody was sharing on Twitter a couple, it might've been a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was a week. I don't remember, but they, they were showing uh, video footage. I think it was a TikTok video of folks in, in New York city having a pig picking in the street. Like they, they just like, were like, fuck it. You know, we're going to, we're going to take cinder blocks and, and we're going to roast the whole hog out here. You know, and, and there were some people that were making derogatory comments about that or whatever. I look at that like, hell yeah, man, dude, I would be down there. Be hanging out with them. Like bring a bag of limes, dude. You know, like we're, we're partying. That, that, that's yeah, really that, cool. that's your whole thing about community. So my brother for the longest time, yeah. when I was here earlier, the reason, one of the reasons I was late was I was celebrating my brother's 45th and, and that particular brother, um, I, I have two of them. He, um, his community, his little segment of suburban New Jersey is very tight knit. And every year they do a block party where they organize with the town. They're able to block the road off. And we've had, you know, everyone brings out tents and food and drinks and everything on the road. We got a live band play. It's a great experience. And it's kind of what you're talking about with that pig. It's like, this is like the community building thing where like now they get to know everyone. And, and, you know, we would come, I don't live in on his block, but I live, all my family lives within about 15 minutes of each other. Um, we'd show up and we'd park and go and we got to meet his neighbors and they were like, Oh, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. My brother, Oh, come up here. Yo, I got a cake up here. You know, have a beer or hey, have a pulled pork sandwich is building that community, which is what we, you know, we're constantly preaching about when things get bad, you want to have that community. I think that's what you were getting at scout with having those, pig roast or whatever it is, or the pig picking or block party, building those connections now when times are good and they get to know you, they know your face, they get to know a little bit about you. So when times are bad, you're able to go and say, hey, man, we have to talk serious about this. They're like, hey, you're not Joe Schmo off the street. I know you. Let's get to work. And so I think that that is the biggest thing that you're alluding to. And that's something that we've we've lost. And, and uh, the last thing I'll say on this uh, is... Uh, Stephen Fry, who is a, a British actor, comedian, intellectual, um, he he has a series of books out that are um, basically taking Greek mythologies and putting them into like, if you were to have like a conversational tone with it, it's, they're fantastic books. If you ever wanted to learn about Greek mythology, what it is, but he was on the Graham Norton show and he said that, you know, all of our ancestors gathered around the hearth. 
the hearth being the flame. So at the end of the day, whether whatever we were in, we would come around the hearth and we would connect and tell stories and have camaraderie. And we've lost that because, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this quote, but you know, you this guy gets a pizza delivered in this room because he's watching Netflix and this guy's playing PlayStation in this room. We've lost the hearth. And so in a way, this is a hearth of the community where we have people coming together and just interacting with each other and that builds a stronger community. And so I think that that's an important point that you're bringing up. Exactly that is that, and in New York of all places where disconnection is the norm because there's 8 million people living there, they're able to do that. And so I think it's a lesson to take back to our own communities about how best we can take our communities and connect them in some kind of community aspect. Yeah, man. Like, you know, people were, were saying derogatory stuff, which really got under my skin because because these guys are out there having a pig picking, man. Like, that's that's man. That was a cornerstone of childhood right yeah. there. I mean, dude, you know, like you you fixing to have more fun at like that than, than you've had all year when you get you put a pig in the ground and oh, it's slow roasting, dude. Man, pig pickings is, is I'm telling you. If, if you have never, for all the listeners out there, if you have never been to a pig picking, and I don't care, you know, where, what geographic area you are that you're listening to, but you ain't never been to a pig picking where, you know, you have a whole hog and you roast that thing for like 16 hours, man, for a low, real low fire. You got coals, right? You roast that thing. Dude, I'm telling you. That's like I tell you, we did one on the shore of Lake Superior. Uh, my dad was oh, like, "Can you dig man. a hole for this?" I'm like, "I'm a United States Marine. One thing I can do is dig a hole." <laughs> so, so I got out my E2. I dug a hole. We cooked that bad boy overnight, and and you're absolutely right. It's just falling apart, and and it's that camaraderie yeah. of a bunch of men sitting around on the shore of Lake Superior eating that pig they cooked it together. Is, man. It's primal. Man, it's a good bro. time. It's fucking primal. Like you, you know, you and it, it doesn't have to be pig, man. Like you know, all right, so you don't eat pig, dude. I like uh, Kay was we we were talking. We closed the show out talking about uh, cuisine, exotic cuisine from different corners of the you know the, the world, and he's got this this aversion to goat because he ate goat before getting violently ill. In Afghanistan, I totally get it. Man, I totally get it. That's that's why I'm kind of like uh, with shrimp. Um, I love fried shrimp. Love it. I love. I like grilled shrimp and boiled. I well, I don't eat boiled shrimp. It's no grilled shrimp. You know, or whatever fried shrimp. Like put it on a po' boy or something. That's good. Uh, but I could do without it. I could do without it, and it's because I got. I got uh, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. It was coming on, which we were calling it the Haji flu. It was coming on as uh, I the last thing I ate as it was coming on was shrimp. And it was like, uh-uh, nah. You know, it, it, I, so I can't. It took me a little while. I didn't eat shrimp for a long time after that. I was just like, Mm-mm, nah, I'm not going to eat it. But um. Yeah, he's like that with goat. But for me, 
dude, oh, oh man, goat is goat is the shit. Dude, goat, I'm telling you, you slow roast goat. And and um one of the but honestly though, one of the best ways to cook goat is in a pressure cooker. Like you put it in a pressure cooker, man. Dude, you put some saffron over in there too. Oh my god. Dude, it is it is mm, I'm telling you. Like deer, venison. Venison is the same way. Like, tell you, you know, you gotta, people have got to go out and, and get that blood on their hands. Like, I know some people that kind of makes them uneasy. They have that blood fear, but you need to do it. Like, it, that's, that's what makes us primal. It reconnects us with, uh, that because you, you got to know, like, you, you are at a particular place. Like, your your biology your teeth your instincts the way our physiology our anatomy everything about us that brought us to this point is geared around hunting is geared around hunting as a team right that is where we are most aware we are most alive you gotta go out and do it at least once you know and 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 you know, and then consume what you kill. Like that, that's a big part of it too, man. Consume what you kill, get those hands dirty. Like it's good for you. It's good. It is good to do that. Let me tell you that sitting at a hunting line is like sitting in an OP or waiting on an ambush. It's good training. <laughs> same thing. It's the same thing, man. Like it's just, it, dude, it, it is the exact same thing. Like, um, uh, man, a buddy of mine, in uh afghanistan a buddy of mine who is probably retired from the army now but um <laughs> but he uh ah man i don't i don't know if i can tell this one thing about him because it it would pinpoint him for anybody who knows who he is and, and I'm, i know for a fact that there's gonna be some people listening that would know who he is Anyway, he's got a particular tattoo on his chest in a, a ranger scroll that's misspelled, and we'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so this dude is the epitome of redneck, like in every way you can think of. Just good old boy, really good dude, always have you back, but he's redneck, man. Like, that's what he is. And, uh, you know, we, we're boarding uh a chinook to to go do a thing at a place with with some stuff and uh yeah i got my m24 in my hands and he comes up to me he goes hey man what song you got playing in your head when we get on this helicopter <laughs> you know and i'm not thinking about that at all man i'm like i don't know dude whatever he goes man you know what song i got on the hunt, Leonard Skinner. And I just look at him and start laughing. I'm like, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course you do, dude. He's he looks at me, he goes, No man, you got that hunting rifle right there. I was like, Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I do. Um, you know, I mean when you boil it down, that is what it is. Rem to seven hundred, you know, got a couple of them sitting over here. Same thing. Yeah, Remington 700, couple upgrades to it. It's, I mean, and how how the 
uh, Marine Corps M40 came about. Originally, Winchester Model 70s, uh, Marine Corps Scout snipers were going on leave, mid-tour leave from Vietnam in 1966, were buying Winchester Model 70s and bringing them back with them to, you know, bringing them to Vietnam. And that was the the original sniper rifle before the M40. Um, you know, because the Marine Corps didn't have any of those. They, they were not issuing that uh, at the time. So pretty cool, pretty cool little piece of history right there. Um, you know, they were using commercial off the shelf. And then the way the uh, terminology behind the M40 came about, I told Clay Martin this last time I had him on. I asked him if he, he knew that. And, uh, <clears throat> and then anyway. Clay embarrassed us Marines and said, no. Well, uh, I'll decline to answer one way or the other. But uh, <laughs> no, the, 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 uh, the M40 came from... No, he, he did know this, by the way. He did know this. The, the terminology M40 came from Remington 40X Action. Uh, the 40X Action was that original Remington 700 Action. That was what they called it, was the 40X. Um, but uh, yeah, great rifle. Great rifle. And I hope, I hope with the, the, uh, the 700, does Palmetto State, to my, my understanding is, is that Palmetto State owns the patent on that now and so i hope they they do something good with it uh it looks like they're they're going to be bringing the m14 through uh harrington and richardson the h and r label they're going to be bringing that back uh before they focus more on remington stuff um so they they want to get that out the door and i'm excited for that too because um springfield armory's barrels that they're putting in the the uh, M1A series leave a little bit to be desired long term. Um, that's and that's a known thing with their their rifles. Otherwise, they're good, but but the barrels leave a little bit to be desired. Uh, they could be better, and so um, you know I, I'm excited to see what Palmetto State does with the M14 platform. I think it's going to be pretty cool. But uh, anyway, now that we're you know. Uh, getting up to the 30 minutes left on the clock mark, getting back to the lawfare edition here. Um, so guys, uh, proud boys sentencing here, pretty draconian in my purview, but I think everybody knows my opinion on this, um, and where it's headed to because they've set a legal precedent now. It, and if you don't see, I, I'm revisiting this. If you don't see that they are trying to stack every card they can with these quote unquote hacks that, that say that they're legal experts and whatnot, they don't know shit. Um, they need to go back and study HLA Hart a little more closely in detail because the rules are not just whatever they want to make up as they go along. Uh, I think I think if Hart were to see what they're doing now, he would be appalled. And I think even though he was a liberal, but the the real legal minds out there, the serious ones who are looking at this, like, uh, man, we're getting into the law of unintended consequences territory here. Um, and and it, but but that being said, in the meantime, when you look at at just how hard they're stacking the deck 
that people, you really, really need to become the hardest target possible. Uh, so with that said, guys, y'all's thoughts on this. Well, I, I think that it's uh, absolutely ludicrous, and especially when you compare them with the sentences that were handed down for Molotov cocktail throwing attorneys, uh, people assaulting a federal building and holding it under siege for almost 11 months straight. Uh, the absolute lack of charging and sentencing for people who declared themselves free of the United States government in both uh, Seattle and Atlanta. Uh, I think we all know what time it is. We know the score. We know what the situation is. And, and you're right. You might not realize it yet, but they are at war with you. And you need to come to that realization fairly quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I think their ultimate goal uh, is that, you know, they're handing down these sentences for these fairly minute, quote unquote, infractions, right? Um, and I think that, you know, we're seeing this push on social media where they're comparing those sentences to those of other people who've done far worse and gotten less. So I almost wonder if one of the reasons they're going so harsh on these individuals is that they're trying to provoke a counter to it, right? They had their quote unquote insurgency, their sedition. Now that these terrorists, and all these are in air quotes here, are being sentenced, all of a sudden, someone who's sitting there going, this motherfucker's getting 17 years for this? And this dude got that for this? Nah, this is done. This triggers me. It gets me off my, you know, little ledge I was on. And all of a sudden, they have a whole new narrative. And so, I think that, to, to Dolio's point, it's not... This is deliberate. And now it's not a matter of, okay, if there's two systems of justice, now that we know there are two systems of justice, how do we operate within that framework? Yeah, exactly. I think that is really well said. Um, you know, you, you it, it's not going to last. There's no way that this is going to last. Um, there's absolutely no way, man. And I'm going to tell you, like, you know, Stan, for all of you that, that, uh, uh, listen to the, uh, Privy Council and Council on Future Conflict, uh, Stan's prediction on 2025 being the, the kickoff point, we're beyond the, the point of no return. Like we, we've already crossed the Rubicon. That's that's over, and so we're we're headed, we're careening towards um, some very dangerous territory, civilly uh, here in the United States, internationally as well. And the question is not whether or not we're headed towards that. I think everybody is is in congruence that that we absolutely are. The question is that that I have is. That, that nobody can answer accurately is where the hell this goes. Um, because a, a civil war in the United States, I, 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 
it's not going to look like um, anything. It's not going to look like anything, I think, that we can point to in history. Um, it, it's going to be its its unique animal. And, and there's a number of reasons for that. Um, there's a number of reasons that I've focused very hard on Pakistan because there are a strong number of parallels that are happening in Pakistan right now that correlate to what's happening here in the United States. Uh, if you look at uh, Donald Trump and replace him with Imran Khan, you'll see a very similar uh, thing that is occurring in, in the, the larger entity. If you look at the fact that, that Pakistan is, is very much a, a nation that is terminally divided, terminally divided, and we are as well. Now, when you include nuclear weapons and a faction of that governance in Pakistan, the ISI, that is looking for a reason to use them, well, that's a parallel to the United States. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that we can look at overseas and we we can kind of look outside of ourselves and, and that gives us that introspection to look in. That's that's a, a peak at where we're headed uh, because the dystopian government's not going to last. That is not going to last. There's, there's no way that it, it's folding in on itself now. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you something. As soon as as. Uh, uh, BRICS is, is, is the the ties with Saudi Arabia are formalized. That's over. Uh, it's over. So you know it, it it's the the U.S. dollar is over. That is the only thing that's keeping things going. They don't have any power otherwise. Uh, so you know, with yeah. that said, guys, uh, thoughts. Well, I, th I think you were very correct in saying that it's going to be nothing we've ever seen because I feel like if you look at, and, and again, I am not a student of civil conflict throughout. I, I, I know some stuff. I feel like I know more than the most, you know, average person, but I am by no means an expert in any sense of this. But most of the time you see these conflicts are drawn by geographic lines or political lines or ethnic lines or class lines and that's not going to be the case here and you have this weird situation where the proliferation of social media and how quickly information get out you know even then you know you see in africa where all these coups are happening which basically everyone on this call predicted uh, over the course of the last couple months uh, you notice it's like the military's doing this or that. Well, because they're a they're a unique entity. The, our military is not their military, so we're going to see even the splintering of the military in any of these situations between quote unquote our side and their side. And those who are like, I just want to get the fuck home to my family. I don't really give a shit. I just want to get home. You know. Uh, so well, it's going to be something I. Yeah, I, I don't. I think it's something to be unprecedented before because we've never had this level of social discord with this level of social accessibility with regards to the transfer of information. And so I, there's really people want to make predictions about what's going to happen. The truth is you can 
Because there's no paradigm to work off. There's no framework to work off of. In the past, we could say, hey, this is kind of similar to this. This is something that is totally new, has never been seen before in the human existence. And so to make a prediction of how it turns out, we can go off of human tendencies. And, you know, I know there's the, the fourth turning, which is something that I subscribe to, a lot of other things like that. I think that we can do that as much as we want. But at the end of the day, this is such a unique situation that I, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, I couldn't tell you, as someone who I feel is fairly engaged on the topic, I don't have a fucking clue what's going to happen. It's all about reading what's happening day by day, week by week, and trying to make an educated decision or opinion as to what's going to happen. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it, it's it's extremely difficult to read the tea leaves. Magmatic, what you think, man? Um, man, we are uh, we're deep into fifth generation warfare. Um, if anyone doesn't think that like we're currently in, and I don't want to say civil war because the true that that term's been bastardized about our our own second uh, war of independence in the the nineteenth century. Um, of two factions fighting for control of the same government. I don't see that happening again. I see some sort of weird, like, combination of, like, Weimar Republic mixed with, like, fall of Yugoslavia, mixed with fall of Roman Empire, mixed with a couple of other different, like, large organizations um, falling, that it's just going to be so unique that no one really has any idea of what's going to happen and whatever you think is going to happen, it's going to be way worse because it's on such a large scale and we're so split even in cities and in States, um, just like taking North Carolina, like there's not really like, you can't like split it down 95 and be like, well, East of it is this and West of it is that because like you have like Chapel Hill and Raleigh and Wilmington and Charlotte is all the blue centers. Chapel Hill. I mean, we really could. Um, yeah. You wouldn't really be losing much. Um, no, but wouldn't. like you have these 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 population centers that are just blue. Be- a lot of them because of colleges and a bunch of other different reasons that go into that. But you have these large population centers that tend to vote more blue, that tend to be more liberal, and everywhere else isn't. But then at the same times, you do still have rural areas that are blue at the same time because now you have people that can work from home with the internet and thanks to COVID like remote jobs are more of a thing. It's such a fucking unique experience that anybody that tells you like, I know exactly what's going to happen is fucking selling you something. I just know it's going to be really bad. Like it's going to be so bloody and violent and, and people aren't, if you don't understand that and like, you don't understand fifth generation warfare where everything is warfare, including what we're seeing right now where this guy for moving a, a fence it's 17 years. Yep. Like if you can't see that there's this, this dual system of justice where like, like one group doesn't get targeted by state police and gets told to basically that, that they're untouchable by different state and and local police forces that they're just not going to get harassed. And the other one, like you get harassed at every turn by the feds. Yeah. That that's definitely like dual system of justice. It's fucked, man. It's so fucked. Yeah, exactly. It, it's not. I think that that your point about the weaponization of the justice system 
and including it in this fifth generation warfare model is exactly right. Um, for anybody that didn't watch the interview with Patrick Bet David and uh, or Patrick David Bet rather and General Flynn, you need to. You really need to. Um, what he's doing with Valuetainment, by the way, I think is in- incredible. I found him because something that, that I'm interested in, it's in my personal life. I love stories about mobsters. Love it. Love it, man. You know, I when when I was uh, uh, growing up, like John Gotti was all over the news, Sammy the Bull, like, you know, these, these guys were all, like, they dominated the news. They were always in the news. I was just like what in the world are these, this is, this is wild as hell. Um, and it was so fascinating, you know, and then, then like, you know, in the early nineties, we had all these awesome, uh, Scorsese mob movies, uh, Goodfellas, which is one of my favorite movies. Anyway, um, you know, you've got Patrick that is interviewing, getting interviews with some of the key players from that era. Uh, you know, Michael Francis and, uh, Sammy the Bull, you know, they, they both have interesting um, things that they put out. And, uh, you know, I, I find all that stuff really fascinating. So I found him through that. And, uh, you know, he, he had this sit down that he organized with uh, uh, Sammy the Bull and uh, Michael Francis. And I'll tell you, as, as an aside, it's really ironic that if you listen to, especially Michael Francis, especially him, man. He, he's got a very interesting, um, really good take on, on government as a whole. And, um, you know, but if you listen to both of these guys, you know, it's, it's just so funny that, that these, these two guys are career criminals, man. They're thugs or gangsters. I mean, especially Sammy the Bull, man. This guy's a he's career criminal. Like he, he's a, he's a little old man now, you know, but, but I mean, back in the day, this, this was a guy to be feared. You know, he, he was, he was the real deal. Um, and you know, you, you hear them talk about, they're just like, look at this. Like if, if anybody doesn't see this for what it is, this is, this, this is nothing but, but, uh, you know, proof of what we've been saying that government is nothing more than organized crime. It's all it is. That's all it is. It's all it's going to be, you know, and, and, and it, it's all about, we have the power. You don't have it. And you're not going to stand up to us. But that, but the thing is, and, and this is something that Michael Francis brought up, it never lasts. It never lasts. And and the, the thing is, is that these guys get super powerful and they don't know when to get out. Um, they don't know when to pull a plug on it. They don't know when too much is too much. They're drunk on their own power. And that is exactly what is happening in D.C. Um, you know, they, they're, they're, they're drunk on it. And so th- that's why I think uh, – you know, Patrick's doing incredible work with with Valuetainment, and and it's dude, it's solid, man. So you had Michael Flynn on General Flynn, and that was a great interview. Great interview. Um, there are things that are happening behind the scenes. There absolutely are, but they came after Flynn hard, and he talked about that. In that interview, he, he, he went deep into it. Um, it's good stuff. You know, that, that was, that was really good stuff. So if you haven't listened to that interview, you need to, um, it's really good. You know, Flynn, Flynn is, is the one person, 
the one, the lone flag officer in this day and age that I would say that I actually trust. The one. Um, now, you know, and, and I've talked about that in, in other podcasts, why that is. I've got, you know, more to the story that I, yeah, I'm not going to go too deep into in, in public venues. Um, but he he's General Flynn's a patriot. Um, and he he has a lot of uh, retired and outside of the game uh, patriots that are flag officers that are behind him. But, um, you know, the, the ones that are are still in now, you know, the clowns that are in uniform now, you know, sorry, you know, it, it's I have no time for you, um, period. You know, it, it, it's if you don't see it for what it is, if you do not see it for what it is, then, you know, there is no, you either see it or you don't. And if you don't see it, then you're part of the problem, you know, and, and, and I'm running a little bit long here as so I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole. But the other thing about that is, and, and this owes to, I think a lot of the apathy in, in certain circles of the military. Um, you can't be a centrist anymore. Like there, there's no more of that. Okay. There, there is no more centrism. There is no more, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, you know, um, cause that's how I always hear centrists in my head. Whenever I hear somebody say, well, you know, I'm not real political, but you know, uh, look, yeah, that's over with. Okay. Those days are over with those days of, well, you know, I mean, I just vote for the guy, the best guy for the job. Gosh, darn it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, those days are over with, man. Like that's we're we're done, okay? We're done. That that America is over. That America. That I I hate to rip the curtain back and and let's just go on and rip the bandaid off. That America actually never really existed either. There was no best guy for the job, okay? In your eyes, you you might have thought that you bought into the illusion. There there was no best guy for the job. Okay, it was it was what which sock puppet do you want the right hand or the left hand? Okay, but as soon as it, as soon as people started saying, "Hey, I, you know, maybe I don't want Coke or Pepsi. Maybe I want uh, Sundrop. Maybe I want Big Red. Maybe I want you know something different." Oh well, that's what populism actually is, and oh oh, we don't like that. Uh so you know it, it's because when when. When, you know what happens to old sock puppets when they go away? They become Adam Kinzinger. Okay, that that's what they become. They become Adam Kinzinger, a sad fucking pogue that never did shit, who talks about his time in combat. He doesn't know a fucking thing. He's a fucking clown. Um, but anyway, I digress. Cool down. We know this. <laughs> we we went to eleven there. I, and Adam Adam really gets me going. Uh. <laughs> Point being, though, behind this is that you know General Flynn's a patriot. The, these these current clowns in uniform, nah. Um, also, don't buy into if you see anything getting passed around on the different social media platforms about this, you know, ten days of darkness and whatnot. Ah! 
the military is oh, boy. Q-tier I knew you were shit. Okay, I remember after the whole January 6th thing, and I saw where it was going. I remember distinctly because I was sitting, I was sitting in my swivel chair, the same one I'm sitting in right now. Uh, that is not the most comfortable in the world, but whatever. I'm a man of, of means, of my own means, by the way. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm a cheapskate, but I, you know, I'm not also not a frivolous purchaser. But uh, yeah, we, we don't have the best chairs. It, it's true. Uh, point is, though, I said after that, where is the cue? Right? Where is the cue? Where's the magic cue that's going to come out of the sky that's going to save all of us? It's, it's not going to happen. Okay? It's it's not going to happen. That's bullshit. Right? That's bullshit. If you think some pie in the sky freaking thing is going to magically do all the things so that you don't have to get off your ass and actually do something. Well, God, I was about to yeah, fucking say that. Else. Oh, my God. If you bought well, see it for... See it for what it is, a way to keep you on the couch. Yeah, 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 yeah. don't go out. Look it up. Don't. Used it. There was don't go out. Don't go out and be involved in your community. It almost happened. Don't go out and train. The, the white Russians would have taken charge over the Reds. Right? It almost happened because the communist revolution in Russia that established the Soviet Union. Not everything was hunky-dory. No, 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 no. And the military did not like these Bolsheviks at all. Felix Drzezinski was in charge of them. He almost switched sides again, and that the, the Soviet Union would have been null and void. He would have become a fascist dictator, but that is what it is. It's neither here nor there. Uh, but... Wasn't meant to be, didn't happen, right? Why did it not happen? Because of Operation Trust. Look it up. It was a thing. You don't think that somebody looked in the history books and created a PSYOP? Good <laughs> news for you. All right. Operation Trust happened. And it was called Q, QAnon. All right. So if you see any of that getting passed around social media, please, 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 please. Just write it off. Call it out for what it is. It's stupid nonsense. Because it is predicated upon you doing absolutely fucking nothing. Okay? Absolutely nothing. You need to be doing a whole hell of a lot. Harden yourselves. Become a hard target. And call it out where you see it. Call out these shitbag leftists. Call them out. Now, oh, yo, you're gonna come at me. You're gonna, you're gonna appeal to your, your, uh, oh, that sheepskin on your wall, whatever. Yeah, okay. Well, that's fine. If you're so stupid as you're gonna do this with your name getting thrown out there in a public venue, come on, come at me. All right, we're gonna find out. Cause I'm real good at finding things out. It's what I do professionally, right? Well, used to do. Let's be fair. Uh, these days. Best-selling author, an incredible web store that caters to this beautiful community that we have. I write more books. I've got one that that I'm in the middle of writing right now. I'm a tactical trainer. Hey, we got this. 
you know, we got this and this is, and, and I'm a podcaster that has this wonderful, wonderful community. Well on our way to a million downloads. Boys, five minutes left. Last things. I mean, I, I, I'll start because I'm simple. Um, and, and the reason I'm saying this is because the reason I was late today. I'm going to call you Simple Jack. I mean, he is. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Um, Simple I didn't even Jack. do anything. You said I'm going to start whatever. You, you, uh, well, no, yeah, yeah, well, I am simple, and you sound like fucking an Autobot right now, you motherfucker, on my end. So what I'll say is, look, we're oh. doing all this stuff. Oh. We, we're, we're, we're prepping, and we have all this stress on our lives about what we're storing and what we're buying and what decisions we're making. Don't forget to give yourself downtime. The reason I was late on the call today is because my girls' college team was playing the first college football game of the season. And, yeah, y'all can be like, oh, you watch a sports ball. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's my guilty pleasure. I watch college football. But we, I was watching it, and I'm still watching it now. As we're on the podcast, I have my completely and totally legal stream up in my computer as I'm watching it. The point being is that give yourself that mental downtime. <laughs> completely legal. I would never think of violating any copyright law. But my point being is that give yourself whatever your mental downtime is. Give yourself that mental downtime where you're not thinking about it. Right? You don't got to be turned on to prepping 24-7. You can if you want to. That's going to destroy your mental state in my opinion. So just remember, whatever your pleasure is, whether it's sitting in the woods by a fire, whether it's doing a puzzle, whatever it is, take some time for your mental health. It's going to help you in the long run. That is a good point. And I don't think you're that simple. You're simple to bayonet, but you're not simple. Um, <laughs> but um, He's 50% success rate, you motherfucker. <laughs> so far. It makes so far. Right. So... Uh, what I will say is this. I want everyone to do a, a thought exercise for me. I want you to compare and contrast the coverage of the Fargo, Nebraska ISIS terror attack to the Jacksonville shooting. They are virtually identical in the number of people shot and rounds fired and, 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 and deaths. Uh, but there's one glaring difference between the two. I'd like you to figure out what it is and why one is getting 100% wall-to-wall coverage and one got almost no coverage. That's my thought. Yep. Inconvenient questions. Magmatic. Oh man. What's your inconvenient question for the evening? Oh, uh, I think I already asked it in the uh in the in the comments, but uh something God, along the lines of the Bolsheviks weren't really Russian, but um mm. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Um now, I, I think what, what as much shit as we, we give Patriot Man, um, I mean, you do <laughs> m -m 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 make me happy. Fuck um, you! Um, <laughs> but uh, no, that's a really good point. Um, I mean, like, the, the internet thing amongst the Zoomers right now is like, got in touch grass. 
and yeah. that's like go go spend time with your family like remind yourself why you're you're doing all of this don't get so caught up in like the doomer porn that you forget why we're making these sacrifices and why we're preparing to to do what we're preparing to do um read the good book Amen. yeah and I'll, I'll say because because meg jumped in on my side i will say this do yourself a favor find yourself a fucking medical class and take it so you learn how to use a goddamn tourniquet. I know a guy that's got one coming up. Yeah, and I it's have crazy. One. It's almost like I'm setting him up for a segue. Don't know oh, who no. it is. <laughs> no, yeah, I've got uh, uh, beginning of November and beginning of December. I got classes up. Uh, working on the schedule for next year. Uh, Going to do another one of those amazing uh, clinic foundation courses with the good doctor. But yeah, for now, for this year, got the uh, TC3 and the Partisan Lifesaver. Wait, when, when are you doing that course? The one with the, uh, the, the doctor? That'll be next year sometime. We got to iron out dates. Schedule All right. Yeah, because I want to go to that one. So I'll probably be at that one. Yeah, December PLS should be a, a damn good time. I think there's a, another person here that might be making a, making an appearance at that. Class. I think I know who it is. What's okay. the date on that again? Yes. What's that? What's the date on the December one again? Uh, it's the first weekend of December. Let me pull it. Let me look at a calendar. These are nasty rumors, but they uh, might be true. The <laughs> first through the third. Yeah, I'll be here for that. Yeah, I'll only be around for the recce and the and the scout course in October. So if you're going, come say hi to Patriot Man and watch Patriot Man get bayoneted yet again. Fuck you, Dolio. Actually, we'll be on the same team, so I won't ban that you. No, no, I'm gonna make. I'm, I'm gonna frag the shit out of you, just so you know. I'm gonna fratricide you. All right, gentlemen. Brushbeater dot store. Brushbeater dot store. And uh, tonight, tonight, as soon as this podcast concludes. And I'm going to work on getting it uh, uploaded. I don't edit anything, but it is going to get uploaded. Um, I am going to get that Labor Day sale up at midnight. It is going up at midnight. Maybe just a few minutes before. Maybe because I'm, I just feel like it. Uh, perhaps. Perhaps. Anyway, with that said, folks, Sons of Liberty live episode 75 the lawfare edition folks thank you for being in here brushbeater dot store be on the lookout for those sales of course blacksmith publishing civil defense manual.com kind and generous sponsors of the show god bless bottoms up last call for alcohol and i'll talk to you again very very soon the zancy scout out